morning, family. One of the things we need to learn before we get too far down the road of life is the lesson that life's not fair. Have you learned that one yet? Life's just not fair. So why do we want things to be fair? Why do we expect things to be fair? Here's a question for you. Is God fair? Maybe you should push pause and think about that for an hour or two before continuing on. Is God fair? Well, according to Matthew, one day Jesus told a story about fairness. It was also a story about God, and it surprised and perplexed a whole lot of people. Let's look at Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 15. Hear the word of the Lord. Here is another illustration of the kingdom of heaven. The owner of an estate went out early one morning to hire workers for his harvest field. He agreed to pay them a day's wages for a day's labor and sent them out to work. A couple of hours later, he was passing a hiring hall and saw some men standing around waiting for jobs. So he sent them also into his fields, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. At noon and again around three o'clock in the afternoon, he did the same thing. At five o'clock that evening, he was in town again and saw some more men standing around and asked them, why haven't you been working today? Because no one hired us, they replied. Then go on out and join the others in my fields, he told them. That evening, he told the paymaster to call the men in and pay them, beginning with the last men first. When the men hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a day's wages. So when the men hired earlier came to get theirs, they assumed they would receive much more, but they too were paid a day's wages. They protested. Those fellows worked only one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as those of us who worked all day in the scorching heat. Friend, he answered one of them, I did you no wrong. Didn't you agree to work all day for a day's wages? Take it and go. It is my desire to pay all the same. Is it against the law to give away my money if I want to? Should you be angry because I am kind? And so it is that the last shall be first and the first last. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. So we say, thanks be to God. I was leaving school the other day when a student sped up into the driveway. Mr. Mills, he shouted, do you like my new car? Yeah, I said, that's really nice. And I did like his new car. It's a fancy little sports car that costs uh, at least as much as I make a, in a year, certainly more. But can I be honest with you? Deep down inside, I wasn't really happy about it. How does this kid, still wet behind the ears, get to cruise around town in a car like that? It's not fair, is it? I've put in the work. I've done my time, haven't I? I tried to act interested. I tried to smile. But inside, I was not okay. Why? Because I've worked all these years, and I can't afford a car like that. And he's not necessarily what you'd call a great kid. It's not fair that the 17 or 18-year-old gets a car like that while I don't, right? I need you to be on my side about this. It's just not fair. Well, our gospel lesson today is hard for people, like me, obviously, who are concerned about fairness. It's a parable that 
tells us about God. And surprisingly, it seems to tell us that God is not fair, right? The story is very simple. Some workers are hired early, some at midday, some in the afternoon, and some just before quitting time. And when the horn sounds at the end of the day, all the workers get paid the same wage. They all get the same amount, whether they worked all day or just the last 45 minutes. Let's all say it together. That's not fair. Understandably, those who had worked all day felt like they should be paid more than those who had worked only part of the day. But the employer said, you all agreed to your wage before it was paid. And more significantly, it's my money. And if I want to pay everyone the same wage, I can do it. What does this mean other than God is not fair? More importantly, it means that being far from fair, God is lavish. One scholar commenting on this text said, I'm so glad that God is not fair. If God were fair and gave me what I truly deserve, I would be slowly tortured before being consigned to hell forever. But fairness seems to be the highest ethical stance for many people in our culture, doesn't it? Some would even go so far as to choose fairness over lavish love, wouldn't they? Our children view fairness as the standard, don't they? Kids are especially keen of fairness if they believe that they have been treated unfairly. And if you're a parent, then you've lost count of the number of times you've heard, that's not fair. And this may also be accompanied by the other great ethical benchmark of children, but all the other kids get to have this or do that, right? Kids seldom raise the issue of fairness when they are being favored. In fact, almost no one raises the issue of fairness when they are in the position of favor or privilege, right? Now, there have been some world-class church fights over unfairness. Sometimes it's a group of folks trying to steer a congregation toward what they consider to be a better or holier way, and they're not treated fairly in the decision-making process. Sometimes it's a group of longtime church members who have labored long for the sake of the congregation, and now they feel excluded from decisions about congregational life by newer members who haven't been around as long. Sometimes there's even conflict between the clergy and, and lay people. Frequently, all of these problems are identified as fairness issues, and they are. Unfortunately, there's a lot of unfairness in churches, and there's a lot of unfairness in life. Anyone who wants to fill their heart and life with resentment has ample opportunity to do just that. But Jesus invites us to move beyond fairness. And what could be beyond or better than fairness? Well, Jesus calls us to offer boundless, lavish love. The kind of love that is grounded in, and in fact is, his own sacrificial love. It's the love that was won on the cross. Suffering preceded Jesus' death. Jesus' death was unjust. We might see it as being a cosmically unfair event, but that awful death became the door to resurrection for Jesus. And in Jesus' resurrection, we see the meaning of suffering. In his resurrection, we see the meaning of injustice. In the resurrection of Jesus we find the meaning of death transformed by God's power into our experience and knowledge of God's limitless love. 
Luke tells us that even in the process of dying, Jesus was being unfair. He said to the thief on the cross, the one who had admitted that his death sentence was fair, today you shall be with me in paradise. As he hung dying on the cross, Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. If you think about it, both of these Jesus statements were cosmically unfair, weren't they? But both of Jesus' statements were signs of God's limitless, lavish love for us. So what does all this mean? When you're treated unfairly, you should rejoice, because it should be a reminder to you that God loves you lavishly. And then you should go out and do something to those who treated you unfairly. What should you do? Forgive them and lavish on them the love and grace that you have received from Jesus. It will drive them crazy, but it will please Jesus immensely. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle God, help us to choose love over fairness. Let us lavish love on the people around us. Let us never give up praying and working for justice. Let us never give up praying and working for fairness. Let us never give up praying and working for healing. Let us never give up. For to give up is to deny our faith in you, the God who always loves and always answers our prayers. Give us eyes to see the best in people, hearts to forgive the worst, minds that forget the bad, and souls that never lose faith in you. Now, using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As always, thank you. I really do appreciate you joining me today. And I hope these words were helpful to you. If they were, will you like, review, and share this episode? If you leave a good review, it will help other people to find and to benefit from these devotional thoughts. By the way, if you have a need or prayer request, please leave a message in the comment section and be assured that I will be praying for you and for your need. Now, this week, your job is to love and to forgive at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Why? Because everyone needs love and forgiveness and everyone needs to know that God loves them no matter what. Remember, with Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction today. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen? Amen.